ladies and gentlemen. This podcast, Film Jerks, is truly one of the most spoiler-filled film podcasts ever recorded. It contains ridiculous opinions, which under no circumstances should be listened to by anyone that has a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset by film spoilers. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person, or parent of a young and impressionable child now listening, that you skip to the end of the podcast for our ratings and live your lives free of disagreeing with overtly opinionated people. You'll live longer. Film Jerks is a group where we, as a community, pick a film to watch, then discuss like little old ladies in a book club. Only our films have decapitations and nude slumber party pillow fights. If you wish to become part of the conversation and become a film jerk, go to the Facebook group and join. Film Jerks can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Welcome to Film Jerks, the podcast where we discuss movies like Little Old Ladies in a Book Club, only our movies has flesh-covered tomes and pit bitches. <laughs> pit bitches, I like that. I'm Paul the Bowtie Jerk, and with me on the discussion table tonight is one of the founding voices of Film Jerks, Mark the Movie Man. Uh, with him is also returning Jerk Cole, and also with us is Glenn. This month, we, uh, as voted on by our Facebook group, we're discussing 1992's Army of Darkness. In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. At a time of evil. You shall die! When the world needed a hero. This one was souls. And about to die! What it got was him. Groovy. You know your shoelace is untied. Yeah. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped in the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words, Klaatu, Berata, Niktu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klaatu, Berata, When now we spoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. <laughs> now, he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Director of Darkman comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. They suck. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness is a horror comedy that continues the misadventures of one Ash Williams. 
This time around, we find Ash in the Middle Ages, and he battles the undead in his quest to return back to the present time. Let's start out things by discussing whether or not you saw this film in the movie theaters. Did you see this in the movie theaters or a little bit later? Oh, no, I saw it in the movie theater. I saw it with a, on a date with a girl. <laughs> not my hand. It was actual girl. Yeah, she had my class ring. I never got my class ring back. Oh, no. But I saw it in the theater. And yeah, it was pretty cool. It wasn't, it was definitely different than the other two films, but <laughs> at the same time, I still had a lot of fun with it. I do remember I met Bruce Campbell beforehand at a, at a Fangoria convention and he had shown clips of the film that were much gorier. So my initial reaction was, wow, what the fuck happened? You know, because Bruce brought these scenes and they were completed scenes. And I do remember like the whole scene where he gets push, pushed down into the dungeon and, and the walls of spikes coming towards him and that all of that. Mm-hmm. Like when he's sawing up those demons and stuff, there's blood and black bile and just gore just splattering everywhere, man. So that was my initial reaction. Like when I saw it in the theater, I thought, well, this is amazing, but what happened to all the blood? And then I, I uh, ran into Bruce a year or two later when he was promoting Briscoe County Jr., he seemed really sad. And, and as you know, time has taught us, uh, they they didn't like the cut the theater released. Having watched it tonight, it ended just before I came on. I I think the theatrical cut is just fine. I think first time I left that theater, I was enthralled, and I thought it was a great follow up to Evil Dead Two. Obviously, they'd gone astray. They jumped the shark. <laughs> but I can see the disdain between you know what was released to us and and the original cut, which actually was released uh, overseas. Uh, it's the, it's the cut that Tony Temptone, the original director of Fangoria, reviewed uh, with the original ending and a lot more of the weird, bizarre windmill shit um, <laughs> that the studio took out just because it was too bizarre. But I think it's 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 a masterpiece. I mean, uh, how about you, Glenn? What was the what was your first experience with the movie? Uh, my first experience with the movie was I saw it in theater, so I remember seeing a poster for it at UWM when I was a sophomore, and I was like, what? Army of Darkness? What? 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 So, uh, <laughs> junior, not sophomore. I remember seeing, because I mean, I love the original Evil Dead, and I love Evil Dead 2, so I'm like, yes, I want to, yes. <laughs> and when I saw it, and it was so much more tongue-in-cheek. I saw it, and I'm like, all right, that was fun. Not what I was expecting. Then I, probably about a year or so later, I got a copy on VHS that a friend of mine obtained uh, while he was overseas. Um, so it was, not a, it was not a legal tape. It was a bootleg from Korea, I believe. What? With, Korea? Uh, yeah. But that's where he got it. And it had awful, awful dubbing. Because <laughs> it, 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 was, it was translated into Korean... And then someone else had taken that uh, version and then redubbed it into English. <laughs> so, yes. But we still probably watched that copy three or four times before we actually got a legitimate copy on DVD. <laughs> uh, for me, I did, uh, I did watch it in the theater as well. I never watched the original Evil Deads at that point. 
because, well, I just didn't know about them. But I can say that my roommate loved the film. And from that point on, as soon as he could get a copy of it, he would take that copy, he'd watch it every night. I was in the basement of the house that we lived in. But this roommate that loved the Army of Darkness, you could you could hear him stomping around and he would quote the lines. And, and every single moment of that film, he was able to recreate. Like some people do with Star Wars, he did with Army of Darkness. And that was... <laughs> That was my experience with the film. It was like amazing to have somebody that loved the film so much as as he did. So which version did you guys end up watching? There's a Screwhead edition and then there's some other ones out there. Well, I mean, the theatrical cut was the one that I lived with for Mm -hmm. years. When I first saw Bruce talking about Army of Darkness, these these were in the days when you didn't have to pay hundreds of dollars to meet somebody. You know, you just pay your your cover charge at Fangoria Weekend of Horrors. You'd go in, and that was it. You would meet people, and the the only other money you would spend is if you're going to buy like a a photograph or a comic or something. Bruce talked in great length about what was at the time called Medieval Dead, and they were actually trying to get it to be called Dead Meat. I swear, there was there was a point in 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 this stand up thing where uh, you know Bruce was showing clips of the movie and he said you know believe me guys if you don't want this movie to be called dead meat write the studio because they're looking for any way to sell this outside the evil dead franchise and thank god they settled on army of darkness you know? <laughs> can you imagine it coming out called dead meat but you know i'm sure they had it all lined up bruce campbell is dead meat but uh the the theatrical cut i think is fantastic the only problem is that the best parts of the windmill scene are missing. And the windmill scene are what make it distinctively an evil dead film. When you get into what they cut out of that windmill sequence, it's like, it's evil dead stuff. It's, you know, the, the, the texture of like the walls and the audio as things try to scrape through different realities. And a lot of the Three Stooges jokes that come with the miniature ashes have been deleted and all that stuff. But, you know, to me, the theatrical cut is fantastic. And it has that great ending that, you know, without that ending, I don't know if Ash versus Evil Dead would be the series it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they had ended the way they wanted to with Ash with a big old beard like I have right now and... You know, in yeah. the year whatever, God knows when. Um, post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic London. Post-apocalyptic London, yeah. yeah. I don't know that it would have had that mystique, you know. So I've learned to watch the original version more because mm-hmm. I like, uh, I just like what it has to offer. It's just a better story. But mm-hmm. um, that theatrical cut is more like a rock video where it's like kind of an MTV thing. And it it works on that level. How about you, Glenn? Did you have a particular version that you liked, or did you only watch one version? Um, I owned many different versions. Oh, wow. Oh, can you enlighten us on the different versions? Because I only know of the two, the theatrical and the screwhead. Yeah. (laughs) Some of it was just a different commentary. I had the theatrical version. Mm -hmm. I had the Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. I also had the specific director's cut version. (laughs) Um, I had the international cut. Wow! Yeah, I probably—I mean, I like the director's cut over the the theatrical release. I like the extra footage. I like extra stuff. 
Uh, yeah. gen generally, I mean, not that not that I dislike the theatrical cut, but I mean, I mean, they chop like you know almost twenty minutes off the off the film, so like wow. 80, eighty minutes versus like ninety six or ninety seven or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I I probably probably like the director's cut best. Yeah, I the director's cut. I'm with Glenn. I actually have the limited edition collector's DVD that they came out with that had the full theatrical release and the director's cut in one box with a limited number on it of how many they printed out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then many years later, you had Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness director's cut. And that is actually the director's cut that was included in the collector's edition box that I have. It, I, you look at the features, you're like, holy crap, they like copied it from the limited edition. Both say four deleted scenes. Both say 15 minutes of extra footage. Both say commentary by so-and-so. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> You know, but my wife got me a collector's edition where it's one of those vinyl statues of the movie poster. It it's been through hell. We've had to re-glue some parts back on it, but I dug this movie quite a bit. Completely different from the other two Evil Deads. I really always approach this, even though you do get the opening in the beginning of Army of Darkness, which recaps the first two films. Mm -hmm. I still always approach this film almost more of a standalone like a spin-off type of thing versus the other two. At least in, in my mentality, when I think of it, I think of Evil Dead 1 and 2, and then I think Army of Darkness is almost like a separate entity because tone and everything, it's just, yeah, completely different. But I do like the director's cut because of the extra footage in there. It helps with the flow of the film visually because you can tell in the theatrical cut where things were cut. You, mm -hmm. you can tell you missed a couple things. It's kind of like when you watch RoboCop, the not criteria collection, where how, how did he suddenly lose his arm when he's getting all shot up initially because they cut that scene out where he actually gets his arm blown away too. It The editing definitely and, and the way it flows, it doesn't feel like it got the axe. You know, you, <laughs> it, it feels more of like a complete film. Mm -hmm. uh, though I do like the, the theatrical ending versus the original ending. A lot more in all honesty the post-apocalyptic one was going too far <laughs> no, it, it, i know you can't really you're saying well this is army of darkness what the fuck mark but no the theatrical ending fit the tone and everything of the rest of the film and it's not just a happy ending it's just what happened to that character that it felt more natural the ending of Longbeard of taking too many drops and showing up in the post-apocalyptic world, yes, is as a batshit crazy ending as two, but in the same regards, it felt forced. Like, we're just really going to give you this. To which I enjoy the film so much by that point that I liked the other ending better. And You know, you don't really get Ash versus the Evil Dead series if you end it the way it originally ended. I think the original theatrical ending is much better. I've only watched the theatrical version. The person that really loved the series uh, had that VHS copy at the time. That was the only version that was available. That's the only one I can reference, except I did see the, the alternate ending on YouTube at one point. So did they all start out the same way? Because my version pretty much started out with the flashback scene. Was that scene even necessary? Do you think the fans that would have gone to see army of darkness would have seen uh, Evil Dead, even though I did not. I, I think if you're trying to appeal to a broader audience, perhaps, because hmm. they wouldn't know what came before if they haven't seen either of the Evil Dead movies. 
uh, I don't know. I suppose it kind of works in the fact is like instead of going through a whole bunch of actual film stuff of how he got there, you do this little montage of this is what happened, this is how I ended up here. Then you're sitting there the whole movie going, well, wait, how'd this dude get here if he's not if he's from the like the future? I think it's it's necessary. Because that way you don't have to deal too much with exposition of Ash's origin, how he lost his hand, mm. the deadites, everything. That that opening sequence is, I think, necessary. What would be even more cool would be if there were no other Evil Dead films and they just did those random flashbacks for a film, you know, for two other films that didn't exist. You, you know what I mean? The way he gives the voiceover to what he tells you has happened to him. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know about Ash. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. That's you're giving the audience enough to go, okay, we kind of know what this guy is now. And it, you know, that five or 10 minute opening uh, flashback scene saves you a lot of exposition later of, of how he got there and gotcha. how he loses hand. And the opening is awkward to me. Yeah. You needed that opening segment to connect the two. To connect the sort of the the swords and um, uh, you know weird fantasy walking skeletons to the Evil Dead stuff, mm-hmm. but why did they reshoot it all? And why did they reshoot it with Bridget Fonda? I don't know. I think it was a rights issue. Yeah, is that what it was? I I I think it was a rights issue because it was a different studio for the other two films. Gotcha. So, well, it was it was the the first two movies didn't have the same studio either, which is why they reshot the the opening of Evil Dead too. So right. if that's true, that's an interesting tradition. They just can't get the rights to their own material. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Well, that's that that's what happens with. I mean, you get that with independent filmmakers all the time when they make a movie and they sign it over to a distributor. Most of the times, they've lost creative control over anything on that film on that movie anymore that is very no true. longer theirs very true you know licensing is a bitch for films uh, especially if you try to cross studios like that even though it's in the same product so i i'm just guessing but i i would suspect it's probably because they didn't have the rights to the original footage so they had to reshoot things or maybe bridget fonda was a draw that could or, be too well that too she's a what she was a known name yeah. You know, a recognizable name. And so, especially back then, we're talking about just infancy of the Internet. So you didn't have information still readily available. And so you had to get it from magazines where it was three months old news. Once yes. it was finally published. Yes. So Very shit true. in the movie magazines was three months old. But by God, it felt new to you. And so I think they may have had her in there as well because that would be a name draw. You write up an article, Army of Darkness, and it's got a cameo by such and such. Well, now you've pulled that audience, you know, yeah, with her in, even if she's only in there for a few seconds. Well, you don't really know she's only in there for a few seconds. So does anyone want to chime in first on the pit scene? Essentially, after Ash gets captured at the beginning, he's accused of being an agent for uh, Duke Henry, and he gets thrown in the pit. And that's where the pit bitch comes in. Oh, come on. We've got to talk about the conversation he has before the pit. This whole scene is just awesome. From- you ain't leading but two things, Jack and shit, and shit. Jack left town. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. He's, yeah. he's talking to this guy, this big, uh, what is he, Scotsman, I think he was supposed to be. Uh-huh. Um, 
and yeah, you know, and and you've got the sacrificial pit, and it really is such an establishment of a fish out of water scene. But <laughs> Ash just rolls with shit in this in this whole scene right in the beginning. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm in medieval times. I'm still not going to take any shit, and I want to get out of here. And you get the establishment of the one guy who falls into the pit. And everybody runs, and there's just that fountain of blood uh-huh. that shoots out of the pit. And this is all set up before he's actually in the pit. And the lead-up to the pit is great. There's anticipation. They set it up well. So you have no idea what he's going to get into once he gets into the pit. And then, yeah, he takes on uh, a monster who looked like they got lost on their way to the house set. Um <laughs> you know, another deadite down there. And yeah, he, he does what Ash does, which is, you know, kick some ass. You get the hyper fight in there and it really tells you what you're in for on this film, <laughs> especially after he gets out of the pit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that whole scene just sets up everything else of what you're in for. Oh, this is the type of movie we've got. Yes. Yes. I, I love the fact that he goes up and then he like reconnects with his uh, chainsaw arm thing. That was cool. I really like that where the wise man throws it down and he's like, so, oh, yeah, it's, it's oh my God, dude. When I saw that at the convention, yeah, like, I, I was talking earlier about, and it was a super bloody version of the scene. Mm-hmm. Dude, people were on their fucking feet, man. I mean, you really realize, and this is probably, like I said, like 90 or 91 before the movie was even really cut yet. You really realize in that moment, like, holy shit, there's an audience for this stuff. But when that arm hits the chainsaw, which is is hilarious, like they open the film with this narration where he's sort of stumbling through the desert mm-hmm. and – um both of his arms are locked in these boards, but <laughs> one of his arms are severed. So, but it's he still locked it up. up. <laughs> apparently, yeah, he's just got the stub sticking. <laughs> he's got the stub sticking out the of the, uh, the uh, uh, lock. Uh, he's got the yoke on, and he's got the stub sticking out. So, anytime we could just slide that shit through. But, but doesn't that set the tone for the whole movie? I mean, really. <laughs> Just like, let's not take any of this seriously, you know? It's interesting that he uses his belt to strap onto the chain yeah. when he could have just grabbed onto the chain. But, um... Yeah, it makes him look like a badass. Come on. <laughs> well, the chain is probably all wet from all the blood that sprayed up earlier. Mm. Oh, probably that's slippery. true! Good point! <laughs> Cause, cause Thank you! Obviously, obviously, this film is worried about, you know... Reality of physics <laughs> with a double barrel shotgun that has unlimited rounds and reloaded. But not all unlimited rounds. He he does reload it. Yeah. Yeah. But not Eventually. after two shots. <laughs> Eventually he reloads it. So I mean, yeah. you know, so there there is that. Yeah, the first act is just crazy, you know. Oh yes, because yeah, because you've got you know the love interest that shows up and she she brings she's like yeah I get it first you want to kill me now you want to kiss me blow, baby. <laughs> blow. 
and then he offs the deadite right after that with the shotgun and does a, you know, it's yes, <laughs> look, he has his orgasm right there, pretty like, much. Oh! But, but this whole first act is just the setup for you know, yeah, even crazier things that that come after it. You do the hand thing. The whole hand montage was awesome. And that's the thing is the editing of these scenes in this film felt it, it was Raimi. And he at least captured that from the originals. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get that action montage of like each cuts like a second long at most. Oh, yeah. Get the, the robotic hand, which suddenly has massive strength that he managed to design in medieval <laughs> times from his physics book. And it's science textbook. It's steampunk, baby. Well, that's the other thing is is this is all supposed to be within the same timeline. <laughs> ages fairly quick through the series because he was like what college in the first one? Yeah, yeah. Supposed to be like college kids, so that's why he's got the college textbooks in the back. But he's obviously this is a lot further down the road so he's an older guy so he's definitely not but that explains why he's got the textbooks in there but you can still see Raimi bringing that editing style mm -hmm. so it fits within the evil dead series even if the tone didn't and there was the the scene where the lord shoots out uh or uh lord arthur he shoots the guy and you get the sam Raimi follow the missile object vision thing oh, yeah. oh that was amazing i i always always look for that in a Sam, uh, Sam Raimi film. I just love that. Yo, Raimi's signature's all over this as far as that goes. <laughs> Should we talk about the windmill scene? Oh, the scene, yeah, where he yeah. Uh, it totally journey yeah. to get the book. <laughs> the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. <laughs> yes, because it, it somehow landed elsewhere. Uh, in this timeline, even though it got sucked into the vortex when he got sucked in. But hey, we won't go there. But the old guy had it. So there were the two copies. So then yes. there was a paradox. So there you go. No, uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. There wasn't a second copy. I, I don't know. There, the there was three copies, actually. Three <laughs> copies. But how those copies got from the vortex in present time to there, eh, who cares? You don't ask. But on his way, he goes to the windmill. Well, it's, it's a phenomenal sequence in that it's the closest to Evil Dead of any of the other sequences. But it's also got some really interesting texture. The windmill sequence is fantastic. I love it. The theatrical cut is great for those who know a friend with the extended cut or can find the extended cut somewhere else. I recommend seeking it out. If you own Army of Darkness, like the theatrical cut, it's not worth like upgrading. I, I do think that windmill sequence takes a huge hit. There, there's some stuff lost there, especially with all the 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 the, the weird little pranks the little ashes play. <laughs> I know, I know, Paul, you haven't seen it, so I, I you know, I won't go into too much depth on it. But I haven't um, seen, yeah, I haven't seen the extra stuff. Uh, I do remember having Ash go and do the London bridges bowling. Oh yeah, that's great. Bruce Campbell probably does not get enough credit as a physical comedian. Just the the entire notion of all the little little ashes running around was great. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I like it. It's it's nifty. I mean it, it definitely a part where it really gets into some of the comedic stuff as well. I mean, when he's got to use the spatula to scrape his face off the <laughs> yes. show. 
Oh, and then he's like drinking the hot water and going, ah, <laughs> a little hot chocolate for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. and then you can, you can hear the, the, the little, little ash inside of him. It's like, ah, what a world, what a world. <laughs> yes. It was great. It's the craziest, most surreal scene. It's awesome. The concept of all the little ashes coming out of the, the mm-hmm. shattered mirror, which I thought was really cool. The theatrical cut of the windmill scene keeps the film moving more it Ah. does it does when you watch the director's cut and you watch the extra footage it's great they're great bits there's some great effects for 92 93 which the film was actually shot earlier the original cut of that windmill scene as enjoyable as it is slows the film down it's entertaining but it really feels like a speed bump while you have a lot of action, as far as the, the, the plot and the story and everything goes, it does slow things down a bit. And they put enough in the film so you still get the best parts of that windmill mm-hmm. scene because you get that really cool scene where he's scratching his shoulder and it's so creepy. Get the and eye. And you got the eye sticking out of his shoulder. I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> my, fian- my fiance vomited. At the eye sticking out of the shoulder, that's yeah, when he's vomited out. Well, yeah, when he's itching and he like pulls it apart and the well, eye opens. Well, because like... you don't just get the eye opening, you get that sound of yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> no. she, she didn't like that at all. That was great. <laughs> Cole's laughing about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> And but the the, the eyeball uh, leads up to one of my favorite scenes later on, and that is when basically you get the evil ash growing out of him, and it eventually does split apart, and you got the the goody little two shoe ash and the the bad ash, and then Ash's response to it, wonderful. Then don't watch the director's cut. No. What did they do? The line is different. It oh, is different. It is. Yeah. And the, the line in the theatrical cut is far better. Oh. So they use two different takes from uh-huh. that. I'm, a, I'm <gasps> thinking one was what was scripted and one was ad-libbed by Bruce uh-huh. Campbell or written afterwards because in the director's cut, and if yep. I remember it correctly, he goes, good, bad, I'm not that good. Oh. Oh, that, that line! If, I, I don't call it Glenn. I've seen the uh, director's cut. You know, when you see that, I'm like, "Wow, okay, that's yeah. where I could see the theatrical cut actually improved that scene because, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the original line just falls dead. Yeah. It does. It, it does. It falls flat, saying, "I'm not that good." I'm like. What what were you going for? Because the, the the theatrical line, the other take that they use for the theatrical version, is so much more fitting. Hell yeah! You know, I've got many many a disc that have deleted scenes on them, mm-hmm. and I will tell you that there's very few movies I've watched where I go, "Wow, I wish they would have kept that in." Most of the time, you look at it, go, "I see why they cut that." And then you see if they cut that section, they've got to cut like four other sections because those sections referred back to the first section they cut. And in this case, yeah, I, I could see why they made some of the changes mm-hmm. and it, the theatrical le- release, it works better. And that's a particular scene that 
yeah, you watch the director's cut and you're just like, oh, that one, that one hurt. After he basically defeats Badash, he cuts him up, buries him, and then uh, <laughs> goes after the Necronomicon. He finally does. But like all quests, it doesn't turn out quite as you would have thought. Because when he gets there, he doesn't see one Necronomicon Ex Mortis. He sees three of them. <laughs> yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, that, that sequence is great. The set looks good. The, the dangly trees and like the background <laughs> look phenomenal. Yeah, and then you get the elongated face where yeah. he shakes it. And I swear <laughs> to God, they tried to make the one face look like Reagan. The second time he shakes his face and you look at him, it's like, holy crap, that's a Reagan face. Please tell me that's supposed to be Reagan because it looked like it. But yeah, the three books. And of course, he he, he it takes up three attempts to find which book it actually is. <laughs> but the, the face sucking uh, book, I, I liked with that. Um, the one I actually liked more than that, though, was the, the book bite- that bites him. Yeah. It, 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 because it, it bites him, it flies, and he grabs it, and it throws it, lands back on the pe- pedestal, and, and he just he shakes his finger like, I'll come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of the most iconic scenes out there. I mean, there's there are no, enough people. If I walk into a bar and I go, Clata, Verata, <laughs> someone in the crowd is going to go, <laughs> exactly. Nickel, nectarine, necktie. Yeah. So but he, he's like, uh, okay, I, I said the words. <laughs> he takes the book with him oh, yeah. because he wants to go home. That's that's a so an ash thing to do, right? At this point, yes. At the ash here in Army of Darkness, yes. Yes. <laughs> You've got to kind of put it in that context as the ash here in Army of Darkness. It's a different ash. <laughs> Which I always got a kick out of with this movie is because a lot of people know this film before they know the first two Evil Dead films. Like There's me, some yeah. people who love this film and love Ash. And I go, well, did you see Evil Dead 1 and 2? And they go, what? This is the ash they remember because this ash is different than in the other two. I don't know, man. Was he? I mean, I remember like in the first movie, Raimi cut out all the shots of Bruce drinking moonshine. <laughs> so all you get is him just like wasted on moonshine in the first five minutes of that movie. He looks like a dumbass because well, he's a dumbass. <laughs> no, I, under, I understand that, but it's because Raimi took out the shots of moonshine. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's quite possible. Mark is right. Like, Ash does get dumber as the series goes on, but it's quite possible that this was Raimi's plan from the get-go. And if you watch the first Evil Dead dude, Ash is a stupid motherfucker. When the he can't even get up when like a dresser falls on him. He's like trying to struggle. Like, watch when that dresser falls on him. He mm-hmm. can't even like get it off his neck, dude. Honestly, uh, Raimi always planned on Ash being a goof, <laughs> and he he put him that he put him in that spot from phase one and i think ash has evolved over that time you know it, it's because of his experiences in evil dead that make him this this type of guy and he, i relate to ash because of that because i tend to use a lot of humor when i'm scared of things 
and I think that's that that's an evolution of Ash too. So, uh, yeah, but you're, yeah. but I think he he becomes more of a badass goof by the end of you know this whole his his entire journey has led him to this point. You know, is he <laughs> really a badass? Though I I think he's a badass. It's just his, his little. I, I mean, let's let's really get down to brass tacks here. All of, right, all right. Actually, does okay. Uh-huh. He, he is more of badass <laughs> by proxy. There are fleeting moments, okay, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in the pit when he does finally get the chainsaw and he, he takes him on. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, when he does make the car, okay, great. Yeah. You know, he's he rallying the better. troops. Yeah. But he's not consistent in his badassery by any means. I mean, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, like I said, he's done badass scenes, but at his yeah. core, yeah, it, Ash isn't really a badass. He's... He's always in survival mode, you know. That's so true. That is which, true. Which you know, because we see that with the book, you know, he yeah. he he guesses wrong with the book. Skeletons are coming out. He don't care. He runs. <laughs> that's he, true. He ain't Very taking true. on no more skeletons. The dude bolts because he got the book. That's it. Just send me home. And then when he gets back to the medieval folks, he doesn't care that he released deadites upon the entire world, and that these guys are gonna die trying to fight him. He got the book. He wants to go home. He gives two rats asses about <laughs> anything. He, he at his core was just himself. In, in, in my opinion, he he was well always so, more about himself. So speak, speaking of necessity, though, do you think what what led him to rally the troops? Was it the fact that uh, Sheila was kidnapped, or was it because his 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 way home had to be like okay? I'm, I'm going to protect these primitive screwheads because they're my way home. Is that why he, he had that change of heart or did he actually just have a change of heart? He hasn't had the best luck with women throughout the series. <laughs> so, you know, I That's think an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, I think part of him felt sorry for what has happened, mm. you know, and kind of made him realize it. But also, again, Ash is a survivor. Part of it was he did feel bad about what happened. But at the same time, he realized these guys are my ticket out of here. I can't have something happen to them. So, ah, crap. Okay, fine. Until the very end when he finally makes it back and he's shopping at S-Mart again. Then I will say that, yeah, you actually see a more badass, a true badass Ash. He's evolving. (laughs) <laughs> and he's finally evolved, but up until that point, no. Let's just talk about the end scene. What are, what are your favorite points about the end scene? Were there any things that you didn't like about the, the final battle? The final scene is amazing because of Danny Elfman's March of the Dead. If you if you watch the if you go on YouTube right now, you can see the making of Army of Darkness. Hmm. And it's pretty amazing. How much got cut out of that end scene? I mean, even even in the director's cut, I'm sure that their initial vision doesn't come through. Like they're you know they're trying to describe how hard it is to get ten skeletons exploding on screen versus two. The end battle is phenomenal. You know, uh, in in any version, it's great. I just there's always that part of me that's like, what the hell could have been if the studio hadn't come in and just been like, well, we're going to make sure that we have a big hit on our hands. <laughs> Shall I fuff? <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, fuff. 
I'm, I'm thinking that half the time they were thinking the producers were the ones that was saying all those all those lines. We're gonna call this movie Dead Meat. Dead Meat. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the, uh, you know, uh, him bringing the car out. I enjoy him with the battle with the girl. You know, you get. We mentioned it earlier. The the great line of, you know, you found me beautiful once. He goes, honey. You got ugly real quick. Um, <laughs> you know, I enjoy that. At the same time, as much as I'm all for goofiness, yes, the dispatching of the final villain <laughs> with the blowing his top like a Looney Tune. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It just never set right. I mean, it's entertaining to see. It's kind of fun to see a live action cartoon death sort of thing. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm like, you know, I think I hit my quota of goofiness within this film <laughs> when that happened. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, at that point, you don't, you, you're all in. You don't care. You just, you watched all this crazy shit happen. But, I think for me, that was a little over the top. And then I like the scene where the two, I, I, I really think, I know it's short, but I think Sam Raimi really directs the scene when you get to the two forces, who the human forces who have been fighting each other, and now they banded together to fight the deadites. And then when all the deadites are done, they go back to kind of their own side, and you think they're going to fight, and they don't. I, that's actually one of my favorite scenes in this film, and it's short, but... The way he directed it, I almost sit there and go, wow, Raimi really wants to make a sword and sorcerer film. Ah, yes. Like a serious one because it's actually a a very touching, well-directed, serious moment that isn't played tongue-in-cheek or or that cheesy when the two forces meet and they're like, ah, ah, okay, yeah, we're all buddies. But for a minute, you think they're going to fight. I think that part's just handled very well. This scene is great. The car is brilliant. Mm. Is. The um, dump coaster. <laughs> yeah. So, although I mentioned before, I just the part where the where the one's called to goes, it's the one in the car we want. I'm like, how the fuck do you know what a car is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but whatever, I can forgive that. But I mean, just uh, it's it's just it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, lots of it is is really fun, and then the whole thing where he crashes a car because uh what's your face and you get the great line of the whole you found me beautiful once and yeah it's all it's it's great stuff it really is let's take a brief break and when we return we're going to discuss or we're going to have our discussion game and we're going to talk about our final ratings of army of darkness and now we take a short break
Welcome back. Like all book clubs, we continue our discussion through the use of a discussion game. Tonight's game is called Words, Words, Words. In this game, we basically take a quote from the movie and we run it through Google Translate several times. And then uh, what results come out, we have to have the panel guess what the original quote was. And then we can talk about that quote. Uh, So we're going to start out with the following quote. Uh, It turns out after Google Translate as a good one. Blog. I'm a guy with a pistol. Well, oh, that one's easy. That's easy. That one is easy. Yes. Which, yes. Okay. Good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Exactly. But apparently, anybody that watched the director's cut ain't going to get that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about that quote a little bit. Uh, we did briefly talk about it, and I'm angry. I'm extremely angry to find out that that didn't make it in the director's cut because that makes me think that Sam Raimi doesn't feel the way I do. No man, no man. It's it's a it's a full extended cut versus a studio cut. Oh, okay. That's really what it is. There's no, I mean, there is a director's cut. I don't have all the versions that Glenn has, but mm-hmm. my understanding of it, and and you can watch again. Go on YouTube, look at the Army of Darkness making of. But my understanding of this is that it's like they were asked to take fucking ten minutes out. At the last minute, they're like, look, you got to shorten this up and make it more fun and like funky. And we're going to have a more like, like kind of funky ending or derp, 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 you know, <laughs> it will, you know, th- so I'm serious. Like, I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating, but I, again, I haven't seen all the cuts. I've only uh, seen two cuts. The cut the- I've, the director's cut I've seen is beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, but Jesus, you know, um, I can see why they, like Mark was saying, there's some stuff in there yeah. that if you haven't seen Evil Dead and they weren't promoting it as an Evil Dead sequel, then it, it doesn't make any sense. So what they did right. is they went in and took those <laughs> Evil Dead bits out. Oh, gotcha. You know, they went in and they took that that weird shit out where the walls are like, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> Where like the walls are leaning in and the moon the moon is like a you know, they they took all that out. So it's just all this weird thing where all of a sudden there's all these miniature ashes running around and it <laughs> used to be a really interesting voyage where you, you got to the the windmill and it was like, Holy shit, what's this? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, whatever. People <laughs> can look it up. It's the age of the internet, you know. That's the beautiful thing about the internet. You don't, you don't have to justify shit. You just say, well, look it up. It's there. <laughs> There's probably a fake version out there, too, someplace. <laughs> probably. So uh, how about the other two guys? Uh, what do you want to – what are your thoughts about that, that quote and the whole, whole experience that I'm suffering? <laughs> I think we talked about it earlier enough. Um, All right. Yeah, it's it's – Again, it's one of those where the 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 cut actually was better than the director's cut, you know, mm-hmm. the original version. So, um, in that respect, I think they made a better call because that plays out a lot better and more natural than the original line. So, 
Uh, okay, uh, let's go on to the next quote going through Google Translate. This one might be a little bit tougher because, uh, yeah, it totally came out different. So uh, after translating it through languages like Klingon, Maltese, Swedish, uh, Hebrew, I think there's a little bit of Korean there, uh, it comes out as Denmark, how much damage the, fr uh, the meat-free and warfare. I'll say that again. Denmark. How much damage the meat-free and warfare? <laughs> I don't, uh, this is this is probably havoc and let slips the dogs of war. I don't know. Oh my god, you got it! <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> that's, that's great. I was gonna say. I was thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that that sounds like maybe it'd be this. And yeah, Glenn answered it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, well called the the line from Evil Ash. Yeah. So what what do you think? What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, it's that's you know that line's been used in many a film for yes, yes. for when there's a battle going on and uh, is it is it overused though or is nah. it is it nah? There's nothing. It never it never overused. I don't think. I love that line because. It could mean so many different things, of you, you know, depending on what you're saying. It, uh, you know, so it's fun. It, it, I like, I like the fact that he had that line in there and he, he said it, you know, and, and even the way he said it. So and it gave Ash, evil Ash, a bit of a difference from from regular Ash because evil Ash then. By him saying that kind of makes him a little bit more not as goofy as normal Ash. <laughs> yes. Because normal Ash would never say something like that. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> this is my boomstick. That's what he would say. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, you guys ready to give your final ratings of... Army of Darkness? Of course. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, how we do things at Film Jerks is we rate movies in one of three categories. The first, we can love it or like it. Uh, and that's basically uh, you'll, you'll love the film like it's a portal safely to the present. You can hate the film, meaning that uh, the movie is like a book that bites your hand. And uh, the final category is the mm, maybe because it's what we call pillow dog, baby. So, uh, which of the three categories would you give this film, Mark? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I love it. You loved it? Um, you know, I, I watch it way a lot. <laughs> I've watched it many times over the years. Got a little shrine around my a little bit beat up vinyl statue that my wife got me, you know, went to see... Evil Dead, the musical with uh, the diva of the Spoiler Room, Dawn, and a, a couple of other friends of ours. We went to see it when it was down in Madison, and that was just an awesome time. Oh my! Um, yeah, I I I loved the series, and and I totally dig this film, though it is completely different from the other two. And the other two, one and two, are different from each other in many ways. <laughs> so you know the the. the the series has always been kind of moving and reinventing itself in some ways. Uh, but I just, it, it's for Bruce Campbell's fish out of water character in army of darkness that, that 
solidifies it and makes it all worthwhile to watch because Bruce Campbell's performance in here is just just crazy. He's all in on this character. And you, you watch it just for him and the interaction because everybody else is straight man in this movie. He's the comic. And pretty much everyone else is straight man except for maybe evil ash but even him you know so for the most part it almost feels like a marx brothers movie (laughs) indeed Uh, how about you cole how would you rate this film do you love it hate it or maybe it um i would say i i love it more than anything on the planet man Mm. It's fantastic. We're gonna tell we're gonna tell your fiance that too. I love it. I'm texting her right now, Cole. Okay, not only did he laugh at your puking, but now he says he loves Army of Darkness more than you. Okay, there you go. You got some interesting conversations coming, Cole, after the podcast. Uh, It's okay. The couch is comfy. Tell her it was pillow talk. It it solves the whole thing. All right. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> so was there? Uh, so you just lo- you you absolutely do love it. So that's good. No, I mean, really, I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're asking me for my review of Army of Darkness, I'm gonna give it five stars, man. I'm I really love the film. I think. Um, Honestly, we were watching it earlier. You, you, we were talking earlier, Paul, and, and mm-hmm. Sunday said, "Jesus, he's like Jim Carrey. Just his his physical comedy, the way he does comedy, is mm-hmm. amazing." Um, Bruce Campbell's amazing. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's not to be underestimated. He's a talented man. So, agreed, agreed. Uh, and Mr. Glenn. Yep, I like it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoy it a lot. It's it's a it's a super fun movie. I mean, I like all of the Evil Dead films quite a bit. Um, I I don't know. It's just it's fun. I mean, it's definitely a change from from the original two, but mm-hmm. I still enjoy it a lot. I you know I I know most of the lines of it, even when they run through Google Translate through Klingon and Hebrew. <laughs> 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 I can't believe you got that last one. I don't. I was thinking, no way, you guys are going to get that one. No, but you, Denmark, it's Hamlet. That, that's what did it. Yes, Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Screw you, Google Translate. Screw you. <laughs> uh, as for me, I am going to say I do uh, as well. Love it. This was. Because I watched it before the time where I I started to think that I had to be super critical about every movie that I watched. So, and it, it's an enjoyable film. It draws me back to uh, my past, and uh, again, it, it brings me back memories of the time that I was I was roommating with some friends. And I just it it's funny to think about how much you love this film, and as a as a result, it kind of spilled over. And talking about this film with you guys. Also, too, you you could see the or you could hear the love for this film when you well we were discussing about it and we were laughing about it and I just I love that and I love this show because that we can do stuff like that and and so forth. So I really really thank all of you guys for for joining me tonight. So 
Um, but enough about gushing. Uh, where can we find you guys on uh, when you're not on Film Jerks? I'm going to go in reverse order this time. We're going to start out with Mr. Glenn Bittner. Where can you find me? Man, you can find me on the internet with the BBW Bunker, Guy in a Bunker Productions, uh, both on YouTube and on Facebook. You can find me at GuyInABunker.com, my old blog, NakedHobo.com slash blog. Find my uh, gaming podcast at GNCast.com, the BD Adventure Party, or just follow me on Twitter at Guy in a Bunker. Hey, awesome. And how about you, Mr. Cole Meredith? You can find me at Shadows and Lovers Productions. Uh, my film is The Last Great Horror Movie. You can find that on Amazon if you have Prime. It's free. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for having me, man. Well, thanks for joining us. And how about you, Mr. Mark the Movie Man? Specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs. Uh, if you go there, you got the podcast uh, where you, these fine folks are, have also been on. Uh, you've got uh, links to my YouTube channel. You can find me on the Twitters at SpecialMarkPro, Instagram, SpecialMarkProd, because they won't let me do the full word production. And, <laughs> uh, on the Facebook Special Mark Productions group, where people can follow what projects are going on and even have a say in what we do. Plus, I got a few things in the hopper as well, not just movie reviews and podcasts. but And just to let you know, uh, after I ran your translation of Screw You, Google Translate, Screw You, through many different languages, I got at the end, Google translated the translation. Turn. So there you go. <laughs> Well, all right. <laughs> all righty. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have tonight for our discussion on Army of Darkness. If you want to learn more about our podcast, though, you can check out our Facebook group at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash film jerks. It's a great place that uh, you can go to to learn about the upcoming discussion movies that we're going to talk about, as well as your uh, ability to vote on the films that we will be discussing as well. So uh, we're going to say goodbye in uh, tonight in, uh, let's say, Boomstick. How about that? Yes. All right. Ready, guys? Boomstick. 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 How about that? How about that? <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs>